souls. Eddie was speaking and talking about thoughts and distractions. That's what I come up with, what it gave me. I said, Eddie, that fit right in what you were speaking, fit in with my message. See, the devil will put, or thoughts will come into your mind every day, all day long, all week long, all month long. The enemy wants nothing more to distract you from your mission, from your journey, for what the Lord has for you to do. You see, you've got a plan with God, and God's got you in ministries, and God, God's got plans for us. He has set us aside for His service. But the devil wants no more than to come in and to change that by distracting us. Uh, there are all kinds of distractions. I mean, it could be something as, as simple as y- your phone. How often are you distracted by your phone if you're praying and your phone rings or, or you decide you, uh, uh, you end up, you're going to read your Bible, but you're going to check your messages first on your phone and you end up spending an hour on your phone checking your messages and see what's going on with everybody else. And then you forget all about your time to read or to pray. Now, I, I've, I'm sure that none of that has happened to any of you, has it? It has to me. So it will happen. So that's, we got to be aware of these things. And, uh, Mike, when his, sur- had his surgery, see, the, the Lord knew before his surgery exactly how long he was going to be in there and is exactly how the outcome is. We know it's going to be a good outcome, but, but the enemy likes to come in. And distract the thoughts of good well-being for Mike by having a little bit of setbacks. And what does those distractions and setbacks do? It causes pain. It causes suffering. It causes uh, um, bad things, bad thoughts, and that's to feel terrible for Mike. But then, you know, um, but that the only thing it does, it gives an opportunity for a young man like Jerry to step up and pray. So I thank God for him, the opportunity for what he done, and that just blessed my heart uh, to hear that. So... uh uh, we just want to uh, be sure that we try to focus a little bit more in our everyday lives. Try not to let the little things distract us from doing good. Um, so I'm going to start off here with um, Nehemiah chapter 4, verses 6 through 15. This is... Um, uh, Nehemiah, when they were going back to rebuild the, the wall of Jerusalem where it had been torn down in battle before and then all the gates and everything was destroyed. And so, um, hear, O our God, for we are uh, despised and turn their reproach upon their own head and give them for a prey in the land of captivity and cover not their iniquity and let not their sin be blotted out from the, before thee, for they have provoked thee to anger before the builders. So built we the wall, and all the walls was joined together until the half thereof, for the people had a mind. Okay. But it came to pass that when Sanballat and Tobiah and the Arabians and the Amorites and the Ashdodites heard that the walls of Jerusalem were made up and that the breaches began to be stopped, then they were uh, very wroth and conspired all of them to come together and to fight against Jerusalem. And to hinder it. Now I'll stop right there for a second. They had been progressed. The walls were already halfway up. Things were looking good for them. But then all of a sudden, here comes the enemy coming in and wants to distract them with all these threats and everything and uh, uh, getting mad. And we, so we know we're getting, they're getting ready to turn against them and they're going to impede 
want to impede the progress of the mission that they have, the work that they have to do for God. So um, we got to just realize that that things are going smooth. We need to keep doing what we're doing. We need to pray about it. But but we have to beware and know that if it's if we're doing something good for God, if the enemy's going to try to hinder us and distract us, if he doesn't, you might you might want to rethink what you're doing because if the enemy isn't isn't involved in it, you might just want to. Uh, look for and pray for something else that you need to be doing. I know that's kind of harsh, but it's the truth. Um, and stepped and were very wroth and conspired all of them together to come and fight against Jerusalem and to hinder it. Nevertheless, we made our prayer unto God and set a watch against them night and day because of them. And Judah said, the strength of the bearers of burdens is decayed and there is much rubbish so that we are not able to build the wall. Oh, there comes a little bit of uh, uh, doubt in there. Uh, and our adversary said, They shall not know, neither see, till we come into the midst of them and slay them and cause the work to cease. And it came to pass that when the Jews which dwelt by them came, and they said un- unto us ten times, From all places whence ye shall return to us, they will be upon you. And uh, let me see. Therefore I said in a... In the lower places behind the wall and on the higher places, I even set the people after their families with their own swords and their spears and their bows. And I looked and arose up and said unto the nobles and to the rulers and to the rest of the people, Be not ye afraid of them. Remember the Lord, which is great and terrible, and fight for your brother and your sons and your daughters, your wives and your houses. And it came to pass when our enemies heard that it was known unto us, and God has brought a, uh, their counselor to not that we return all of us to work on the wall, everyone to his own work. I see the uh, enemy had a plan to come in and uh, uh, come in and fight him and battle him and to re tear down the wall wasn't the progress they had made. He was wanting to hinder him, distract him uh, with the thoughts that people were a little bit afraid of that. But Nehemiah was wise and he sent families to their own families with their swords and everything. And they ended up coming together as a unit and protecting each other, even though the the enemy wanted to distract them and um, to destroy their efforts. They come together in unity and they were able to withhold the enemy because when they heard that the people to come together ready to fight, they backed off. See, sometimes we got to realize that, that when things are not going right, even though the, the enemy's wanting to distract us and take us away from our work, uh, if we stand in unity and fight back and take a stance, we've got to be willing to take a stance. You know, the enemy, a lot of times, he, he draws the line, but we're the ones that are we're afraid to step over that line. So we need courage in our lives. We need, we need courage with one another in unity in love and looking out for one another and watching each other's backs. I know that I think in the same story, um, um, some of the workers worked on the walls while the other ones had their back to the workers watching the fields and watching everything else that was going on to make sure the enemy didn't try to sneak in and destroy their effort. Okay, I want to turn to Second Samuel. Okay, Second Samuel 12, verses 4 through 18. Okay, let me set this up. This is going into where, where David 
takes a day off work when he should be out fighting. He's out of position. Remember, I preached that one time, being out of position. He was out of position, so that put him in a place where he was on the rooftop. And we know he looked over to another rooftop. And Bathsheba, she was over there bathing herself. And he lusted after her. See, being distracted can cause us a lot of pain and a lot of life. Let me go ahead and read this scripture before I get sidetracked. And the Lord sent Nathan unto David, and he came unto him and said unto him, There were two men in one city, the one rich and the other poor. And there came a traveler unto the rich man, and he uh, uh, spared to take of his own flock and his own herd to address the uh, wayfaring man that was come to him, but took the poor man's lamb and distressed it to the man that had come to him. And David's anger was greatly kindled against the man, and he said to Nathan, As the Lord liveth, that man hath done this thing, shall surely die. And he shall restore the lamb fourfold, because he did this thing, and because he had no pity. And Nathan said to David, Thou art the man. Thus saith the Lord God of Israel, I anointed thee king over Israel, and I delivered thee out of the hand of Saul. And I gave, um, I gave thee thy master's house and thy master's wives into thy bosom and gave thee the house of Israel and Judah. And that if it had been too little, I would have more overcome and, uh, into thee with such things. Wherefore hast thou despised the commandment of the Lord to do evil in his sight? And thou hast killed Uriah the Hittite with the sword and hast taken his wife to be thy wife and hast slain him with the sword and the children of Ammon. Ammon. See, when David lusted after, just got distracted and lusted after Bathsheba, she sent his, her husband to be killed. So he lusts after this woman. He kills her husband. Basically, he done it. He kills her husband. And then he ends up having a baby with Bathsheba. And the baby dies. He got repaid back a little bit, didn't he? See, he gets distracted. One little distraction can lead to so much in your life. It led him to lust after a woman, sleep with a woman, her baby die, and having a man killed just out of one distraction. And it can progress from there and farther. It can go even farther. It can go deeper. It can get even worse than that in our lives. So we just need to uh, think that that one, guys, that one little moment when we see the beautiful girl and we look at her and turn away, that's all right. But when we keep on looking and we can't take our eyes off of her, that's not good. We're, we're distracted. And once that stuff gets going on in your minds and your thoughts, you've got to be careful to where that's going to lead you. Because it could, could, it could lead you in a situation like it did David. You could end up wanting this woman so bad in your life or this man is so bad in your life that you hire somebody to kill him, get him out of the way so you can have him. It's done every day. It's done every day. People will do anything to get now what they want, no matter the cost. 
But there is a cost to pay for the things that we do that are not of the Lord and the things that we sing in our life. There's a cost we're going to pay for that. So we got to we got to realize that. Connie, I'm going to go ahead and skip now uh, to Luke. Luke 10. Verses 38 through 42. Now it came to pass as they went that they entered into a certain village and a certain woman named Martha received him into her house. And she had a sister called Mary, which also sat at Jesus' feet and heard his word. But Martha was uh, cumbered about much serving and came to him and said, Lord, dost thou not care that my sister hath left me to serve alone? Bid her, therefore, that she help me. And Jesus answered and said unto her, Martha, Martha, thou art careful and troubled about many things. But one thing is needful, and Martha has chosen the good part, which shall not be taken away from her. She was doing good. She was doing good. She was wanting to serve Jesus. Uh, Martha was, and uh, um, she was trying to to be the house of the Lord and, and take care of him and take care of his needs and everything. Um, but Mary was in there. She worshiping at Jesus' feet. See, even though she was doing good, she was distracted by good deeds. Now, will you say, what are you talking about? Good deeds is good, but not at this point in her life. In this one moment, doing good deeds was the wrong thing to be doing. She should have been in there with Mary. Worshiping Jesus' feet. So, uh, we have to be careful in our good, in our, this is kind of hard to say, this is, in their good deeds, so don't let them distract you from doing the right thing, because it could, there can be a separation in there. Sometimes we'll let our good deeds, if it, if that's distracting you from all your prayer time and your Bible study, you need to drop some of your good deeds and enter back into those things that are really good for you. We want to, we always want to help people and that's good, but we can't let it be so, so much of a distraction in our lives that we, we forget to focus on Jesus and what he's done for us and what he's doing for us and what he's going to do for us in our life. We, Jesus always has to be our main focus. He's the one that we should be meditating on day and night in our lives to see what he has for us so we can hear from him. You see, when we have distractions in our lives, we've got so many things going on, so distracted that God is speaking to us, but we can't hear him because we've got too much stuff going on. We're way too distracted by our phones and by, and by um, dinner dates and uh, by... Uh, um, our favorite TV shows might be coming on and uh, whatever it is in your life that can distract you to keep God from hearing from you, you want to think about that. I know I'm not saying there's anything wrong with it, but I'm saying just don't let it come so much of a distraction that Jesus can speak to you and you can't hear him because you're not available to him at that time to speak to you. And it could be something that's going to be life changing in your life, but you don't hear it. You don't know about it because you would be uh, just you was distracted by things that wasn't really important. So we, we got to be careful about that. Now then, Luke 15, we're going to uh, read about the prodigal son. Then knew, then drew near unto all the publicans. Is that right? Verse. Yeah, verse 11. Thank you, Luann. I knew I 
Okay. And he said, a certain man had two sons. And the younger of them said to his father, Father, give me the portion of good that falleth to the, to me. And he divided unto them, live, to them, man. See, I'm distracted right now reading. The devil don't want you to hear this message. He doesn't want you, he doesn't want you to be taught and spoken to about being distracted. So he's doing everything he can because I'm not feeling real good today. But seeing, and that's, and I know it's, it's not me. It, it's the enemy distracting me, not wanting me to get up here and speak to you the word of God that you need to hear because he doesn't give me this message for nothing. You see, before I got this message, it was just a few days after I spoke the last time and I was already praying, Lord, what do you want me to, to preach next time? And so that night I had a dream and in the dream, I looked. It was on a slab of concrete, and there was a little bitty puddle of water, and there was a fish in that water flopping all over the place. And then, all of a sudden, to my side was like a, a trailer that had goods on it, everything. And I'm watching this fish, and it comes beside me, and it rolls off and goes into the ocean. See, what I was doing that I didn't realize, I was controlling how far that um container that the semi was backing up to a certain point to be unloaded or whatever but i got distracted by this fish and i just let the other thing just fall into the water now there's a whole lot to that if you if you can just grab a hold of it because we will do that we'll, we'll cause something to happen because of a distraction in our life and uh, the little fish um i wish i had him in my dream been able to go over and take a little fellow and put him back in the water, but, but that wasn't in my dream, but that's what I would have done. So, uh, uh, we got to remember that, that, I mean, it's a thousand ways if I would stop and we'd all come together and we could write down that the devil will distract us to keep from doing what we're supposed to do. Ever since I got this message, I've listened to people talking and, um, I've heard distraction come up so many times, you know, it actually come to a thought the devil tried to distract me like, they don't need to hear about distractions. They realize it. They know it. They know that the distractions are part of our everyday lives. But there's more to it than, than the surface. It's shallow. The things on the surface is, is, is something a whole lot deeper under there that we, that we needed to look at today, that the Lord wanted you to learn today and hear today. So uh, I'm going to go back, and uh, I'm going to start again. And he said, A certain man had two sons, and the younger of them said to his father, Father, give me the portion of goods that falleth to me. And he divided unto them his living. And not many days after the younger son gathered all together and took his journey into a far country and there uh, wasted his substance with riotous living. He threw away his money, basically is what he done. And when he had spent all, there arose a mighty famine in the land and he began to be in want. And he went and joined himself to a city of that country, and he sent him into his fields to feed swine. And he would have uh, fain filled his belly with the husk that the swine did eat, and no man gave unto him. And when he came to himself, he said, How many hard servants of my father have I bread enough to spare, and I will not perish? I will arise and go to my father and will say unto him, Father, I have sinned against you and heaven and before me. Now, he got greedy. This is what greed will do to us. It can distract us. 
He goes, takes his money, and he blows it all. Because here's three, three points I want to make to you. He sinned. Basically, he went out and sent all his money away. Sin will take you where you don't want to go. He ended up feeding with the swine. He didn't set out wanting to go to feed with the swine and work in the, with, the, with the hogs and get all nasty and everything. But that's where his greed ended up taking him. You see, we don't, we don't realize a lot of times when we start on this little journey of, uh, I'm going to live my life the way I want to for just a few days and then I'm going to come back to God. Um, it doesn't work that like that usually. Usually a lot of times we'll end up being in the, feeding with the hogs and wallowing with the pigs and everything. So, uh, um, and the second point, sin will keep us longer than we wanted to stay. He stayed in sin so long that he lost all of his money and ended up feeding the swine and everything. And he, and, uh, he realized what he had done. And so he was, um, thinking about going back home. What will my father do? They have food at home and I can eat. So, uh, but sin will also cost us more than we wanted to pay. He paid a great cost by getting his inheritance up from greed. He paid a great cost. He, in his mind and heart, thought that he would go back home and he would be despised by his father, by his family, by everybody because of what he had done. But there is, the good story is that his father took him in and loved him. He loved all over him and was glad to have him home. That's the same way with our Heavenly Father. If we get distracted and we get out in sin and we lose our way and end up feeding with the pigs and everything, we got to realize that, that he turned and headed back to the Father. And when you do that, the Father's going to meet you like his Father did with his arms wide open, and he's going to pick you up, and he's going to love on you and hug on you. We have to realize after these things are gone in our lives, where we think there's nothing else left, we have to realize that we do have Jesus in our life. Especially if we're Christians and we get into that, we should know that that if we get off track, and uh, I mean, I know a lot of people have gotten off track for 20 years before they got back into church. I've done that myself. I left church and got off track. I was distracted by by everything, cars, girls, uh, movies, anything else but church because I didn't want no more of it because it was too uh, um, it was too judgmental for me, the church that I went to, grew up in. And so I wandered and strayed like the prodigal son. I didn't uh, I fed a lot of uh, hogs at my house, but I didn't have to eat what they ate, but uh but I wandered around and uh until the one day the Lord I realized what I had done. I shared this in prayer meeting the other night. Like I said, I'd been out of church for 20-something years. And I sat and eating lunch with a, with a guy at work. And he looked at me and he said, Kevin, you don't mind if I tell dirty jokes, do you? I, Are they going to bother you? I said, no. I said, that stuff don't bother me. And when I did, bam, the Lord hit me. And I turned my face to the window and I cried out in my light voice, Father, please forgive me. I got to the point I had gone as far as I could go, and I knew it was time for me to come home. So the Lord slammed me with that. And then it wasn't uh, just a little bit later that my mother-in-law 
invited me to the church. He started, uh, uh, got a job at Audubon Strait Park where there was a preacher there and he was preaching, uh, David Gentry and he was preaching in the park at Audubon Park. And she said, won't you come with me to listen to him one time? And all that's all it took was one time and the Lord had grabbed my heart and, and reeled me back in. And see, the Lord would do that for us, but I just hate seeing people getting so distracted in their lives that they can't, that they get so far away from God. But see, it's too, it's, Jesus is coming soon. And we don't want to get distracted because we have work to do. We have so much things to do. And if we spend too much time doing the things that are distracting us in our life, we're not getting enough done. We can do more. I think Eddie's, did you speak on it this morning about doing more? We can always do more or, or was that last week? I don't know. Anyway, it come from, it had come from Eddie. And, um, but see what the point now where we have to desire to do more. We have to, to meditate and focus on the word of God. We need to speak out scriptures during the day. Just meditate on him, meditate on his word, meditate on his goodness, meditate on his loving kindness, meditate on how he died for you on the cross and the, and the sins that we had our whole lives. He took them all away. We need to meditate on, uh, on his life, the way he walked, the way he conducted himself, uh, in his life until, until he went back to heaven. Uh, we need to meditate on, uh, on the things of good, the things of the fellowship, when we come together, how much we love each other, how much strength that there is in our unity. We need to meditate on anything that is going to acknowledge God in our life. We have to acknowledge Him daily. We have to focus on Him daily, meditate on Him daily, so that we won't get so distracted that, that we're messing up, guys. Okay, uh, Psalm one nineteen, fifteen. I don't remember what that is now, but I'll see in a minute. Psalm one nineteen, fifteen says, "I will meditate in thy precepts, and have respected into thy ways." I I got a little bit ahead of myself, but that's okay. So, uh, just remember to meditate. Uh, when we first get distracted and realize. Well, that's one point. Thank you, Jesus. We have to realize that we are being distracted when we get distracted. Sometimes we don't realize that what's going on. So we need to get in a mindset to know that, wait a minute. I'm just, I'm getting distracted from, from what Jesus has called me to do. I'm getting distracted from, from his will in my life or his plan in my life. Wait a minute. So we need to be, we need to be able to put a stop to it in a hurry. So we need to pray that, that every time we're distracted in a negative way, we need to realize that we we'll say, Jesus, help me to stay on track. Help me to stay the course. Help me to look forward straight to you and keep my mind on you and don't waver to the left or to the right, but stay, stay focused on you, who you are and your word and what you got for me. Because I know Jesus, uh, there's so much for me to do. And so I want to focus. I want to accomplish as much as I can before you come back and uh, and uh, take us home. There's so many lost people out there. Uh, how long has it been since I um, led somebody to the Lord? It's been a long time for me. I'm I'm guilty, but some of that was due to distractions in my life. Praise team. 
I'm going to skip that last verse. Or maybe, let me check it again. Lord said, no, I'll go ahead and read it. 1914. And let the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be acceptable into thy sight. O Lord, my strength and my redeemer. Let the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be acceptable in thy sight. I think would, for me, I might just write that down and start praying that every day, Eddie. To meditate on him and not get distracted. You see, I can, I can, uh, uh, Randy, I can sit down and turn on and start watching a car show and, and just get lost in it, you know, seeing them old hot rods and everything that I love. I can stay there way too long. I can stay there way too long. So let's, uh, I'm just, I hope, hope you understand my heart in this. What I'm trying to tell you is just, just be careful of distractions in your life, especially now. See, the one thing Eddie was talking about was there's so much, there's been a lot of sickness in our, in our church family here and so many things going on. But, but see, we're in the middle of building something here that the Lord has given us. And it's something really awesome with the new church and, and, uh, everything going on. And it's, it's his plan to come in and distract us from that, to lose our focus and attention off of what he's doing and all the work that we need to get done. So it's, um, that's where we go back to, to praying for one another and, and unity. And, and I can just see us all in a circle with our backs from the outside of the circle, looking out and praying that we stay focused and watching out for the enemy. You see, see, they had a gate. They said, we want to come in. The enemy did, and uh, Nehemiah want to come in and be able to rush in the gate before they got the wall built. But that didn't happen, so we got to uh, be able to protect our gates in unity for our church family and the people that we love. So that's just what I've got for you today. Um, I hope the Lord spoke to you in it and um, um, we're going to worship uh, if anybody wants prayer come on up if if you want um, to seek the Lord about the distractions in your life and stay in focus and meditation uh, we'll pray for you you can, you can pray on your own and uh, uh, just let the Lord have his way thank you Jesus
part of that. It's whenever Jesus is talking, right after the Sermon on the Mount, he has these two leaders come to him. The first one says, Jesus, what do I have to do to be your follower? And he says, hey, Birds of the air have nests and the flocks have fields and, and, and dens. I don't have anywhere to lay my head. We know it. Born without a place to lay So give up everything. What if I called you to be homeless? Would you follow me? I mean, you know, that guy was pretty disheartened. Nobody wants to be homeless. The next one comes up and he says, Lord, let me bury my father. I will follow you. Jesus said, let the dead bury the dead. That, that, that's always been one that kind of confused me. So I'm like, there ain't nothing wrong with burying But the concept of what the man was saying, it's actually an old saying back in that day that it was, let me bury my father. Men, wait until my father is gone and I get my inheritance. Wait until I'm ready. Wait until I have what I need to follow you, and then I'll come follow you. Jesus is saying, hey, don't worry about all that. Just come follow me. Let the dead bury the dead. Sometimes we're waiting for that moment. We're waiting for the right time to follow Jesus and do what he's calling us to do. And we're not ready. He said, hey, forget that. Just come. Just follow Right? Mary and Martha. Martha was doing a great work. But what did Martha miss out on that Mary received? Martha was busy doing what needed to be done. But what did she miss out on? Because Mary was the one sitting at Jesus' feet. Jesus had her doing a lot of stuff. It's not in that moment. We're going to close out here and we have Kevin come up and pray over us. But if you need prayer, we'll pray for you. I'll leave this prayer room open as long as anybody wants to get in there alone for the Lord to pray. I'll turn on the music. You can stay here as late as you want. I'll stay with you. You can get in there and pray. You can just listen to the Lord. But if we don't start now, we'll never start. We'll always be distracted, just like Jesus says. So come up and pray us out. Thank you, Eddie. Let's pray. Father, Lord, we're just loving you. We praise you, God, Lord. And I thank you for the word that you give me, Lord. And God, I just pray, Lord God, that we would drive a hold of that, Father, Lord God, and we would would remember it in our daily lives. Every time a distraction comes to us, let us let us quickly gain control over that distraction in the name of Jesus, Father Lord, and be able to withstand it, Father Lord. And uh, so, Father Lord God, it's uh, it will help us in our everyday lives. It will help us spiritually. It will help us in, in the work that you have set for us, Father Lord God. It will help everything that we do. It will make everything go smoother in our life when we can stay off the distractions and keep them out of our lives as much as possible. So, Father Lord God, I pray for each and every one here, God, that you would just, just use them, Father Lord God, and you'd give them that supernatural uh, strength inside their body to, um, and the Holy Spirit to recognize the distraction when it comes, and Lord, to be able to see it and turn away from it in the name of Jesus. And Father Lord, I pray, Lord God, that you just help us as, uh, be with us as we leave today, Father Lord. Like Eddie said, if anybody wants prayer, we'll be up. Uh, so, Father Lord God, just watch over everybody. Let them have a blessed day, Father God. And uh, we love you and praise you in the name of Jesus. Amen.